Welcome to the Fear Boss Show, a show created to help you become the bravest, boldest, and most badass version of yourself yet. Now, this show is allergic to basic. It's a show that loves real talk. It's a show that will help you slay self-doubt, and it's a show designed to help you check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm your host, Judy Holler, best-selling author, keynote speaker, improv theater junkie, and a hip-hop-loving entrepreneur. It's kind of like this. If Amy Poehler and Dr. Dre had a baby, uh, that would basically be me. I am obsessed with helping you smash comfort zones and experiment with your fears so you can get more freedom in your life personally and professionally. This podcast is going to help you do just that. So are you ready? Let's get this fear party started. You are listening to The Fear Boss Show, episode 18. This episode may contain adult content and language, so please take care while listening. Welcome back to The Fear Boss Show. Fear Boss, this is a show obsessed with helping you smash those comfort zones and experiment with your fears so you can live a braver life. Doesn't that sound amazing? If it does, you're in the right place. How are you today? I hope you're doing great. Listen, before we jump in, can I ask you to do me a quick Flavor Flav? Uh, Pause this podcast, jump into iTunes, and please leave me a review. These are so, so critical. It's how we tell iTunes you dig this podcast, and it helps other fear bosses find the show and tells iTunes that this show matters, which helps me continue to create content for you and show up to the mic every single week. So if you have um, been around a minute and find any value in these episodes, it would mean the world to me. Also, just for you, the podcast listener, I've got a special book offer. You can get my book at any time if you use the code FEARBOSSSHOW for 15 bucks. 15 bucks, that's 35% off the cover price. You just have to use the link in the show notes. It's a direct link to buy the book from me, not Amazon, uh, because we can't do this on Amazon. But for you, I can do it through my site. And all you do is click the link in the show notes, put in the code Fear Boss Show at checkout and you get my book for 15 bucks anytime you want for as many people as you want. My gift to you. All right, Fear Boss, I'm really excited about this show and this specific Cliff Note episode. Okay, Fear Boss, can I tell you something new that I'm doing? I am literally, I've begun to block 60 minutes per day in my workday, so like Monday through Friday, to play, to play. Yes, I said it, to play. I'm literally writing a time block into my calendar and just like I do for my workouts and for all my other business appointments, to play. So this is to do a puzzle or to draw something or to write something, to make something, to color something, paint something, wrap something, play a game, literally whatever. There is only one rule, one rule. It cannot involve a computer, it cannot involve my phone, it cannot involve the Instagram, and it can't involve negative self-talk, like this is stupid, or you're wasting your time, or what are you trying to accomplish here, or girl, you could be getting so much shit done, what are you doing playing and coloring in a coloring book? Listen, play is work, playing is work, and don't just take it from me, take it from science. 
In his book, Play, a book called Play, author and psychiatrist Stuart Brown compares play to oxygen. He writes, it's all around us, yet it goes mostly unnoticed or underappreciated until it's missing. And Dr. Brown, the founder of the National Institute for Play, which sounds like my kind of institute, states that when employees have the opportunity to play, they actually increase their productivity, engagement, and morale. So then why aren't all companies insisting on more playtime at work? Well, Dr. Brown goes on to say, not only does having a playful atmosphere attract young talent, but experts say that play at work can boost creativity and productivity in people of all ages. There is good evidence that if you allow employees to engage in something they want to do, which is playful, there are better outcomes in terms of productivity and motivation. Ooh, that is so juicy. I will source up all the things in the show notes so you can find these specific articles that I read in the Huffington Post. But I think it makes a really important point. I think we get embarrassed to play. I think we assume the older we get that playing is a waste of our time or we're stupid or silly for playing or that we're not doing our real work. But once we start to realize that playing is a way we can become more productive and increase morale, which means we get more creative and happier, we start to take our play really seriously. And we start to feel less guilty about writing it into our schedule. So if there is one person I could sit down and play with, if there is one person on the top of my wish list that I wish I could sit down and play with, it is Miss Amy Poehler. I am such a fan. So I'll link up to her in the show notes if you have no idea who she is. But she uh, got very, she's a comedian, an improviser, very famous. She uh, was on Saturday Night Live for years. She's been in a ton of movies. She's written a book called Yes, Please, which we are going to talk about today. But man, I am such a, a, a fan of her style, her work, her vibe, her comedy, her writing, and of course, her, her skills as an improviser. And since we both studied at Second City, Can I kind of like officially sort of say we've shared the stage together? Same, same. Is it the same? No. Okay. Well, either way, you catch my drift. She's a boss and my favorite funny girl. And she wrote a book, a book called Yes, Please. And it's magical and hysterical. And in between all the funny stuff for your boss is a lot of juicy life advice. And I wanted to share my three favorite ideas with you. So first things first, before I like share those three ideas, I wanted to tell you she actually divides her book into three sections, three sections. And even that opening, the introduction on those three sections had me screaming, hell yes. So her three sections are say whatever you want, do whatever you like, and be whoever you are. I don't know about you, but those sound kind of like fear boss anthems, if you ask me. So say whatever you want. See, in the improv theater, we are taught to trust ourselves, especially the first thing that comes to our minds, because this is usually the best thing. So say whatever you want. Trust yourself. Okay, so the next section is uh, do whatever you like. Now, this doesn't mean you're steamrolling people to get what you want. It means you're doing what you like. And if you like it, you go do it. And if you love it, you go do it. And if it gives you life, you do it. Why are we waiting? And honestly, fuck other people's opinions or approvals. The time is now to do whatever lights you up. 
And section three is be whoever you are. And this is all about being yourself and having the courage to do that. Okay, idea number one, idea number one, wiki, wiki, wiki. I don't know why I want to do like a DJ scratch there. Ryan, if you can find a DJ scratch, throw one in right now for me. Wiki, wiki, over this voice track. That would be awesome. Okay, so doing is the thing. Idea number one, doing is the thing. Okay, so she writes this. Okay, so what do we do? How do we move forward when we are tired and afraid? What do we do when that voice in our head is yelling, we're never gonna make it? Well, the first thing we do is we take our brain out and put it in a drawer, stick it somewhere and let it tantrum until it wears itself out. You may still hear the brain and all the shitty things it's saying to you, but it'll be muffled. And just the fact that it is not in your head anymore will make things seem clearer and then You just do it. You just dig in and write it. You use your body. You lean over the computer and stretch and pace. You write and then cook something and then write some more. And you put your hand on your heart and you feel it beating and you decide if what you wrote feels true. You do it because the doing of it is the thing. The doing is the thing. The talking and worrying and thinking, that is not the thing. That is what I know. So here we go, you and me, because what else are we going to do? Say no. Say no to an opportunity that may be slightly out of our comfort zone, quiet our voice because we're worried it's not perfect. I believe great people do things before they're ready. Oh, isn't that the truth? We must always start before we're ready. Fear boss, the only difference between you and the person you envy that is out there doing the things you wanna do is that she persists, he keeps going throughout the fear, despite fear. She falls, falls down again and gets it wrong, but she gets back up and does it again. She takes another swing. We learn this in the improv theater big time. You gotta fail. You gotta get it wrong in order to get closer to getting it right. And improv, improv theater is never about the best thing. It's always about the next thing. Forward momentum is our medicine. Okay, idea number two that I love so much begins on page 21 of her book, Yes Please. It is this, decide early what your currency is. Okay, here's what she writes about this. Decide what your currency is early. Let go of what you will never have because people who do this are happier and sexier. Being considered beautiful can be tough. I know this because I work in Hollywood, which is filled with the most conventionally beautiful people in the world. Beautiful people can get objectified and underestimated. They didn't do anything to earn their genes, so they just have to struggle to prove that they are more than their hot bods. People assume that they are happy and good in bed, and most times this is not true. Plus, some beautiful people get a little addicted to being told they are beautiful and have real trouble when they get older. Improvisation and sketch comedy helped me find my currency. My plain face was a perfect canvas to be other people. There is nothing I like more than picking out wardrobe for a character. An SNL hairstylist once told me that I had a great face for wigs. (laughs) She goes on to say, what a compliment. Looking silly can be powerful. People who are committing and taking risks become the king and queen of my prom. People are their most beautiful when they are laughing, crying, dancing, playing, telling the truth and being chased in a fun way. 
improvisation and sketch comedy let me choose who I wanted to be. I didn't audition to play the sexy girl. I just played her. I got to cast myself. Fear boss, this idea goes back to the idea of choosing yourself, which we talk a lot about. We we don't wait for other people to pick us. We cast ourselves right into the opportunities that make up the story of our life. Okay, she goes back to say, I cast myself as sexy girls, old men, rock stars, millionaire perverts, and rodeo clowns. I was never to this or not enough that. Every week on Saturday Night Live, I had the opportunity to write whatever I wanted. And then I was allowed to read it. Writing gave me an incredible amount of power and my currency became what I wrote and said and did. Oh, I love that so much. This idea of being brave enough to decide what your currency is early. See, my currency has always been my ability to speak and teach and tell stories. I'll never be great at math or taxes or accounting. I get literal back sweat when I think of stocks and bonds. And I'm horrible at reading legalese and contracts. And oh, by the way, spoiler alert, I'll never be a supermodel. So I hire people smarter than me to help me with all of that. And I go all in on my strengths. And when I started my business, I went all in on my strengths and I bet on myself, which was my ability to orate and teach and tell stories and to speak. And that's how I built the foundation of my business. So decide early what your currency is and let go of the rest. All right, idea number three, the final idea in Yes, Please by Amy Poehler that I am obsessed with is the idea that happens on page 221, and it's all about healthy detachment. Let me read a little bit for you. Here's what she says. Your career and your passion don't always match up. Plenty of talented people don't have the careers they want. Plenty of untalented people make millions and make movies. There is a difference between determination and talent. Here's an idea. Pretending to not want something can work, she writes. Really not caring if you get it takes a lifetime of practice. I guess the Buddhists would call this idea healthy detachment. She says, too often we are told to visualize what we want and cut out pictures of it and repeat it like a mantra over and over again. And this is Judy speaking. I'm laughing because I definitely do this and I believe in visualization. Yet she, Amy Poehler, introduces us to a new idea here. She says, try to care a little bit less. Practice ambivalence. Learn to let go of wanting it. It doesn't mean we're letting go of the hard work, fear boss. We're just letting go of attaching too much meaning to it. She says, treat your career like a bad boyfriend. Here's the thing. Your career won't take care of you. It won't call you back or introduce you to its parents. Your career will openly flirt with other people while you're around. It will forget your birthday and wreck your car. Your career will blow you off if you call it too much. It's never going to leave its wife. Your career is screwing around with other people and your career will never marry you. That's a bad boyfriend, right? She goes on to say, now before I extend this metaphor, let me make a distinction between career and creativity. Creativity is connected to your passion, that light inside of you that drives you, that joy that comes when you do something you love, that small voice that tells you, I like this, do it again, you're good at it, keep going. That is the juicy stuff that lubricates our lives and helps us feel less alone in the world. Your creativity is not a bad boyfriend. It's a really warm, 
older Hispanic lady who has a beautiful laugh and loves to hug. If you're even a little bit nice to her, she will make you feel great and maybe even cook you delicious food. See, she says, career is different. Career is the stringing together of opportunities and jobs. Mix in public opinion and past regrets add a dash of future panic and a whole lot of financial uncertainty. Career is something that fools you into thinking you're in control and then takes pleasure in reminding you that you're not. We're learning that big time with this whole pandemic crisis. She goes on to say, career is the thing that will not fill you up and never make you feel truly whole. Depending on your career is like eating cake for breakfast and wondering why you start crying an hour later. I will say it again. Ambivalence is key. You have to care about your work, but not about the result. You have to care about how good you are and how good you feel, but not about how good people think you are or how good people think you look. Oh, fear boss, this is so hard and so difficult. And I'm not saying that I am any good at this. I'm like you and maybe you're better at this than me, but we have to find a way to detach in a healthy way. And that Buddhist parable that I talk about from time to time, this idea, the the farmer, the farmer, the parable of the farmer and the horse, I'll link to it in the show notes, is all about not getting attached to the good and or bad things that are happening to us in our life. And I'll give you a personal vulnerable example. I mean, as an author, I think I for so long was attaching my success to hitting a New York Times bestseller list. And I think every author and anyone who writes sees that as, as the pinnacle. And I think any author would also be lying to say that they don't want to hit that list. But when you attach too much meaning, when you attach your happiness, when you attach your success to these unrealistic measures and these measures that won't take care of you when you're sick. They won't pick you up when you've fallen down. You start to set yourself up for failure, right? So we have to we have to work hard and we have to want big things for ourselves, but we most importantly have to be doing the things that light us up and we have to take care of ourselves and we have to worry more about how good we feel, not how good other people think we are, right? So it's all about eating big, juicy slices of that humble pie, right? You know, what's one coach told me early in my career, he said, you're never as good as, as they say you are, but you're also never as bad. So try leading and living with gratitude. And I know people say that all the time, but being grateful has kind of been my my superpower, especially as it relates to living my dream. And I've, I've gotten really good at separating myself from my work. You know, if someone doesn't like my book or my talk or my Instagram feed, it doesn't mean that they don't like me. Well, they might not, and that's okay. Uh, but I see it as them not liking my work, which is the greatest thing about living in our time, the freedom of choice. If you don't like it, good for you for realizing that so you can move on to something you do like. Life is too short. I love my work. I pour my heart into my work. I'm proud of my work, but I am not my work and neither are you. Okay, Fear Boss, so there you have it. Three ideas from the totally inspiring and very hilarious book called Yes, Please by Amy Poehler. It is most certainly a book that has made me braver, and I hope it does the same for you. Remember, action is your currency, Fear Boss. Go all in on your strengths and find a way to detach healthily. 
So Fear Boss, if you dug this episode and loved listening as much as I loved recording it for you, don't forget to throw your love my way in the reviews. Every rating and review matters so much. It's how we tell iTunes this podcast rocks. Also, screenshot this episode for me and let me know that you're listening. Have you read this book? Do you love Amy Poehler as much as I do? I love hearing from you on all the social media. Also, make sure you share your show ideas, questions, and inspiration with me, you can email me at hello at judyholler.com or send a message to me on any of the social media. I want to hear from you because this show is for you. As always, thank you for listening. And in the meantime, stay brave and keep experimenting with your fear. Well, hi there. It's me again. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so damn glad you're here. And if you loved this episode, which I hope you did, my hand is on my heart. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling a little extra boss today, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a review on iTunes so more fear bosses like you can find this podcast. And better yet, share this podcast with the fear boss you love and encourage them to listen. For more on me, my work, and my keynotes, you can visit me at judyholler.com, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R.com to learn more. And this is also where you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called The Fear Boss 5, and it comes out every Friday where I share five things I'm loving, learning, and reading. It's one of my favorite things to do. And if you love this podcast, you're going to love the newsletter, and you can sign up right there on my website. My book is available at most of your favorite book retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, airports, all the things. So search me up on Google or type Judy Holler into Amazon and grab your copy. Last but not least, you can always come hang out with me on the social media. Instagram is my favorite place to be. I'm on Instagram at Judy Holler, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-E-R. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fears, my homeboy, and Twitter as well at Judy Holler. Until next time, Fear Boss, keep experimenting with your fear and stay brave.